Welcome to the Nen Valley Vineyard podcast. What you're about to listen to is some teaching from our Sunday services. We're a church made up of people from Wellingborough through to Oundle spread across the Nen Valley and beyond. If you want to know more about us or find out how to get involved, visit our website, which is nenvalley.church, or you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Nen Valley Vineyard. So what we're talking about this morning is in a world of division, practice, embrace. Um, And it's basically Jesus wants our church to be united. In other words, to be one with one another. And to embrace one another is not division. This kind of love will draw people to Jesus. So differences can cause division. For example, racial differences Sometimes there can be racial segregation, religious differences, different religions, or even just the same religion but different denominations. Sometimes there's a big divide between the rich and the poor, how we look, how we dress, political differences, gender differences. Are we male, female, LGBT? And also age differences between the young and old. So some of these differences can cause division. So I just wondered today whether, just to be a bit interactive, whether anybody else can think of anything else that might um, cause division or kind of people that are on the, the margins of our society or even on the margins within our church. So I'm just looking for a little bit of interaction here. So uh, anybody got any examples of the people that they think might be on the margins of our society today? Ali? Married and single, yeah. Often, sometimes, um, married people can feel threatened by somebody who is single. Um, it, It can be a barrier. Anybody else got any ideas as well? Autism, definitely. Yes, mental illness, hidden disabilities. Yep, there's um, definitely um, gaps there as well. Anybody else got anything else yet? Haves and have not, yes. Those that have a lot and those that don't have very much either. Anybody else got any ideas? LGBT, yes, most definitely. Anybody, anybody else got anything else? No. Um, I've also got, um, I've got most of those down here, but I've got those with addiction problems, those that are homeless. We've already said mental problems, those with physical disabilities. A, ga- a gap between the young and old. Um, refugees, often there's kind of a lot of prejudice against people coming into our country. So there are many more differences that can divide and isolate us from certain groups of people. The other thing I've got on here that kind of came to me as I was thinking of this was social media. So often today um, we find that young people are isolated on social media But not just the young people, ourselves we can find that we get kind of taken up in in, in just living everything on social media and there's kind of no real interaction with people. So we find that the church can be diverse 
and we have to love those with different ideologies and welcome people despite their differences. So Jesus calls us to love and embrace one another despite our differences and to serve one another. And do you know all of these things we've talked about are not new? There is nothing new under the sun. People have always had addiction problems, whether it be alcohol, sex, whether it be gluttony. Um, there's always been um, divides between the rich and the poor, between the haves and the have-nots, those that have got mental illnesses and those that haven't, those that are very powerful and those that are not. And when we look at all the wars that went on in the Bible and the wars that go on today, most of it is just because there are differences. But in Jesus, we all have something in common. And our goal is not to be the same, but to be different without division. And do you know, it's really good to have diversity within our church. It's great to see children. It's great to see young children and young people. It's great to see different nationalities, people from different countries. It's great to see that we've come together from different denominations or um, different backgrounds. So I want to say that let's have a look at what Jesus models. So Jesus models this in an encounter with a Samaritan woman at the well. So we're going to look in John chapter 4, and we're going to be reading. It's a bit of a long reading, but I think we need to read it all to get the context. So we're going to be reading from John chapter 4, verses 4 through to 42. So let's see if I can read it with my glasses on. Okay, so Jesus had to go through Samaria. Now, when he had to go through Samaria, so he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up into eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't go thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. 
he told her, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say that you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And that was a great song this morning, Matt. It talked about spirit and truth. For they are the kind of worships the Father worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshippers must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said, I know that the Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, am he. Just then, his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, why do you, what do you want or why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Jesus said to his, then, then Jesus' disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying, it is four months until harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now, the one who reaps draws a wage and the harvests a crop for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps, is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reached the benefits of their labour. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you have said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man is really the saviour of the world. So, Jesus, there was a huge divide between women and men in Bible times. They did not mix. And the fact that Jesus was, by the well, talking to a woman, but not just a woman, a Samaritan woman. Samaritans and Jews hated each other. Often they would even go as far the Jews as to going round the outside of Samaria rather than going through it because they hated the Samaritans so much. They were a bit pious. Um, the Samaritans were a bit like a half-breed Jew. 
they were kind of Jews that have been resettled after um, they've been conquered and they've mixed in with the nations where they were. But not only was she a woman, not only was she a Samaritan woman, but also she was an immoral woman. She'd had five husbands and the, um, the man that she was now living with was not her husband. So we can see that there's a gender divide, there's a religious divide, there's a racial divide, there's also a political divide, there's also a marital status divide. Jesus is single, she's living with a man, she's had five husbands. The woman was a sinner, Jesus was the perfect son of God. And there's a moral and a social divide. We can see here that Jesus crossed the boundaries to reach this woman in need. He even risked his reputation to help her. So Jews and Samaritans did not mix. The Jews looked down on them as a half-breed Jew. Women and men did not mix. Even the disciples were amazed to see Jesus talking to a woman. And Jesus was a Jew. I like the way, though, they didn't, they didn't question him on it. <laughs> so, she was also socially shunned. The reason she was collecting water at 12 noon was because um, that was the hottest part of the day and most of the women would have gone out early in the morning and they would have gone, like, in groups to collect water. So she was shunned. So she was right on the margins of this... Um, society but Jesus chose to embrace her despite the differences and you know to embrace somebody you need proximity and you also need to do it intentionally so was Jesus intentional shall we have a look Jesus chose to go through Samaria Jesus chose to sit by the well Jesus chose to speak to the woman and ask her help he needed a drink Jesus got to the heart of the matter with his questions and a word of knowledge about her previous marriages. As a result, she recognised Jesus as the Messiah when he revealed this to her. Now, often even the religious leaders of the day didn't uh, recognise Jesus as the Messiah. The Jews themselves did not recognise Jesus as the Messiah. But this Samaritan lady did, and so did the village when they heard it. The whole town believed as the woman told them about her encounter with Jesus. Jesus accepted her and she was changed as a result. Jesus chose to cross divisions and boundaries for others. He touched the leper. In the Old Testament, you didn't go anywhere near a leper, let alone touch them. They used to have to walk about shouting unclean and some of them would have a bell. He ate with sinners and tax collectors the lowest of the low in his day. He allowed a prostitute to touch him. Even the Pharisees said at one time, do you know what kind of woman is touching you? He helped those no one else was willing to help. He reached out to them with love and compassion. Jesus risked his reputation and being misunderstood, he was even accused of being demon-possessed and a glutton and a drunk because he associated with those in desperate need. So, you know, even Jesus um, 
was misunderstood. Even Jesus got his reputation tarnished because he tried to help those he loved. Jesus tore down the walls of division. Do you know, in the New Testament as well, Paul talks about breaking down the walls. And in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14 to 16, this is what Paul says. And he's talking about Jews and Gentiles, but this relates to us just as much. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one, and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law and its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to get death their hostility. And do you know, often we can criticise and judge others. Do you know it's much harder to criticise people face-to-face in close proximity? It's easy to be nasty on social media. It's easy to put nasty comments on people's posts or, or say something we don't like. It's easy to talk behind somebody's back to somebody else rather than to speak to them about the problem to their face. So questions, do you cross boundaries to help others? And if so, where? Another question, how may you get close to someone to help them this week? Are you prepared to take any risks to embrace another? Sometimes we need to admit that we can be wrong and say sorry, healing and embrace. Forgiveness helps bring down barriers. It could be as simple as going to coffee with someone who is lonely or needs a friend. It could be just buying somebody who's sitting on the street a cup of coffee or a sandwich and just stopping to have a chat with them. Do you know, I was in Morecambe with my, visiting my mum and there was a guy sat in like one of the shop doorways And um, I went over to him and I said, do you need a cup of coffee or anything to eat? And he said, no. He said, no, I'm fine. And we had a conversation about kind of how he ended up there. And he'd actually been a millionaire and lost all of his money and his business and everything else. And he'd ended up on the streets. But I'll never forget the parting words he said to me, thank you for just stopping to say hello. Because often these people feel invisible because people... A bit like, do you know the story of the Samaritan, the good Samaritan? It's amazing how Jesus uses the Samaritans because they evoked like a response. Uh, in the story of the good Samaritan, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they walked by. They didn't acknowledge the man. And often it's the same people who are homeless or are on the streets. We walk by them, trying not to catch their eye, pretending that we haven't seen them. We need to love people as they are, and be honest with our own hearts and faults. When trust forms between two parties, the dividing walls come down, and we find that the differences are not so important after all. Do you know, we all tend to stick to people a bit like ourselves. Even in church, we'll sit with the people that we know. It might be as easy as going to say hello to somebody you've not said hello to before. It might be as easy as going to one of the young people and asking them how they are today. 
And, you know, some people are a bit shy. So if you're a bit shy and you think, oh, I can't do that, why not come and have a word with Tom or Ash or somebody that you kind of can relate to and say, you know, can you help me to get into a small group or something? Or can you introduce me to somebody? And we need to stop trying to fix people. Do you know, we're all a bit guilty of that. I can be a bit guilty of that, seeing a need and thinking, oh, I can fix it. But, you know, in our own strength, we can't do it. We might have all the right intentions, but we can't do it. We need Jesus and the Holy Spirit. So we need to stop trying to fix people and be ready to listen. And Jesus will do the work through the Holy Spirit in the lives of those we seek to help. We need to lay down our own agendas and practice the way of Jesus. This is not easy. Do you know, pride can say, I'm okay. I'm better than that. You know, I've not been married and have five husbands. I don't drink and I don't take drugs. But, you know, we can have hard hearts. We can be critical and judgmental. We can, um, we can hate and we can just stick to, like, small groups. And, you know, we don't want anybody to be excluded. You know, in this church, we want everybody to be included. And Tom's always saying everybody gets a chance to play. And I really praise God because he doesn't just say that. It's absolutely true. Do you know, I'm amazed every time I come to church. There's new people here every single week. And not only that, every time I look at the worship team, there's new people on the worship team. And it's absolutely amazing. And I love to see it. There's different people leading every single week. Everybody's included. Everybody's got a part to play. And if you're a little bit shy, why not join a team? Something like the welcome team. And you often get to know people much easier when you're on welcome because you see them come in. You've got a role and God calls us to serve one another. And do you know in the way of serving, we get to know others and it brings down barriers because you're not kind of like trying. You don't even have to try because you're already doing it. Sometimes we can think we're a little bit cleverer than everybody else as well. Sometimes as Christians, we can think, well, I know the scriptures. Sometimes, you know, we can be a bit more intelligent about things in the world. I can't say that's me, but... So we need... We can put down our own barriers to prevent... Yeah, sorry. We can often put up our own barriers. And do you know the reason we put our barriers up is because we want to stop getting hurt. Maybe we've gone to help somebody before and it's been thrown in our face. Maybe we've been criticised before because we've reached out to help somebody. So we think, I'm not going to do that again. And so we put up a barrier to protect ourselves. And I'm not saying we've got to let people walk all over us because there has to be certain boundaries. But, you know, the more barriers and walls we build, the more isolated we ourselves become. But I want to give you some warnings because I want you to note that although Jesus interacted with all of these people, he did not embrace their lifestyle. Okay? So I work with Teen Challenge. I work with people who have got addiction problems. They're very manipulative. They can tell you a a, a yarn. Um, You kind of have to take the rough with the smooth, if you like. But I don't embrace their lifestyle. 
I'll listen, I'll help, and I'll pray, and you can help people where they're at. We can't make them change, but what we can do is show them the love of God. And you know, in just being there, in just listening, people trust you. You know, they might not change. Sometimes we don't see change for years. Sometimes we see change quite quickly. But the one thing that everybody always says is that they feel safe, that they feel loved. And, you know, we're, we're putting our faith out there into action. When Jesus reached out in love to the well, it changed her life. But not just her life, it changed the whole community. And the other important thing, Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. And we need to be full of the Holy Spirit as well. And I know there's times when I've done things in my own strength and I've got tired and I've got worn out and I've got hurt and you just have to sometimes pick yourself back up and just say, you know, God, just help me. Forgive me. We, we all make errors, but you know, God is with us. So be careful as well. Don't do certain things if you're weak in certain areas. So if you've got a problem or you're weak in the area of alcohol or drugs, don't go into those situations. Let somebody else help or have somebody alongside you um, who can help. And also, like if we're dealing with men and we're dealing with women, it's good for women to deal with women and men to befriend men. Be full of the Holy Spirit and work in twos if those you're trying to reach have addiction problems or anything like that. You need to be safe as well. Jesus, you don't very often see him talking to somebody on their own. When he sent out the disciples, he sent them out two by two. When he was usually interacting with people, there were usually other people around. But there must have been a specific reason why Jesus interacted by this lady on her own. And sometimes, you know, if, if you're following God's lead and he, he leads you by the Holy Spirit, sometimes that happens. But just, on, just have warning signs in the back of your head. Don't put yourself in any compromising situations. Often, you know, when people are on the fringes of society, they're broken, very, very broken. And they've been hurt beyond what we can ever imagine. Um, I was out with street pastors last night. I don't usually go out, but they, they needed a female person on the team. And I just want to praise God for these guys that go out um, each week. And there's several people here who do street pastors that were there last night. And we had a situation where there were two ladies kicking off and they were tearing bits out of each other and we ended up having to call the police but you know we were a presence in that place we were able just to keep an eye on what was going on we were able to watch a distance and pray and make sure that those girls were safe when they got home one went in a taxi and the police took the other two but you know if we weren't there we wouldn't have been the light in a dark place. So this morning, try to embrace someone new. 
Talk to someone you don't normally chat with. Let somebody know if you need help. Offer to go on a team. It might be welcome, it might be coffee, it might be kids. Let's embrace one another. You know, let's not any differences separate us. So in summary, I thought this translation for, from the message says it all. And it's quite, it's only one verse if you read it, like in the NIV, but the message often expounds on things. So in the message translation, Philippians 2, verse 3. If you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favour. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others to get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. And you know, all the people that Jesus interacted, they didn't stay the way they were. Jesus interacted with people who were, would have been homosexuals, those on the fringes of society that were gluttons and drunkards, those that were tax collectors, those that were single. He interacted with lots of women. In fact, Jesus um, you know, increased the status of women in a lot of ways by the things that he did. But do you know, he didn't embrace the lifestyle. They were changed by the fact that Jesus interacted with them and through the power of the Holy Spirit. So we just need to love others and let Jesus do the work. Well, thanks so much for listening to this teaching from Nen Valley Vineyard. We pray it blesses you and produces good fruit in you. If we can connect to you or help you engage with our community, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us via our website, which is Nen Valley dot church